Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a special Black Monday edition of the Bear Necessities podcast. And uh, thankfully, we have some news, Reese. You know, uh, as if you guys haven't heard already, which I'm sure most of you have, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were relieved of their duties this morning. And then we got to watch uh, George McCaskey try to sell the fan base that him and Ted Phillips can pick a competent GM and head coach uh, for another hour. Uh, and since then, the Bears fan base has uh, kind of lost their minds. Yeah, I, it looked like a it looked like an incredible start to the day. I have to say that I was at work and watching, you know, a lot of the news unfold. And you know, we saw you know the Nagy firing, which I think everyone liked, and you know the Pace firing, which I think that we weren't so sure if it was you know coming or not. But I, I told you in that moment, I said I really don't mind them firing Pace. You know, I was. You've been more of a defender of him um, than I have been. But at the same time, I felt like they really need to pair that with, you know, really kind of making a move at that president's president role as well, or at least kind of mm-hmm. relieving Ted Phillips of that football duty. And uh, yeah, we all kind of looped back around. And essentially, I think kind of what you've been warning us about, Austin, as far as we're just going to put these same, you know, people back uh in the same position to try to make you know make it right and now i feel like we're ultimately in a position where i feel like we have to be lucky like i I feel like Mm -hmm. the bears can make a right decision at head coach here but it might just be like pure dumb luck and not to oh exactly not to say that i'm not going to give them any credit if it goes right but it really just seems like these are people that have taken multiple stabs at it they brought in more consultants than you could name off And now we're right back here, right where we were when Ryan Pace was hired, when John Fox was hired, and when Ernie Accorsi was brought in. This Bears team has literally made no progress since that year. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think that for a while we were criticized for, at least maybe me more so than you, defending Ryan Pace. Uh, But I think the entire Bears fan base kind of realized that him leaving may not be best case scenario because uh, you know I was texting Zach earlier and I was like listen the McCaskies have had how many chances to bring in a good GM and good head coaches they've shown us at every single turn that they are incompetent at finding these people I just have no faith in the McCaskies being able to choose a suitable head coach for this team and it kind of We'll get into the press co- press conference in a little bit, but I think that the initial reaction from Bears fans was like, okay, awesome, we're clearing house. And then an hour later, a couple hours later, it's like, okay, the press conference is coming. Let's see what it's going to be. And then it was like, oh, God, this is so bad. Look who's going to be selecting our head coach. It's going to be Bill Polian and some guy named Soup Campbell. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then George McCaskey at the top of it. That's not a... That's not a good group to be selecting your top coach. So I think there is some warrant to the counter argument of like, should we have just kept pace because he actually knows football rather than a bunch of, I mean, not that Bill Polian doesn't know football, but I mean, we're talking about George McCaskey who admitted it in the interview that he's not a football evaluator, but he's him and Ted Phillips are going to be making the choice of head coach. So, you know, that's why I think earlier in the year, I was like, listen, guys, grass might not always be greener on the other side. I don't necessarily have like a a love for Ryan Pace. He certainly messed up in many ways, 
But at the end of the day, he actually understand. He is like by far and beyond the best executive head coach hire that the McCaskies have, or George McCaskey, I should say, has ever had. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's leaps and bounds ahead of Phil Emery. And, you know, I know he said it was hard to, to part ways with them, but it ultimately, and I don't completely disagree with what they're doing on as far as the inside consultants they bring in, like someone like Soup Campbell that you mm. mentioned, like his role within the team, yeah. at least from what I've heard, is kind of making sure that things check off with the players, like kind of like a liaison concierge type, if you will, yeah. making sure things are set up and well. And I can understand how someone like that has you know, at least not going to be making the coaching selection, but can point out there's certainly a red flag somewhere along the way, which I understand. And I I think that's doing due diligence in the case of the Bears. I think that bringing in someone like Bill Polian, who is 11 years removed from the league, who is well-connected, but is well-connected, you know, with some of these players that are a little bit more old-timey, a little bit more old-school, a little bit more traditional, we, we did ourselves in, right? Like with Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. it seems like we're not getting a young head coach, which be it a positive, be it a negative. We're getting someone that's been very clear. This is not going to be someone that specializes on one side of the ball. It's going to be a leader of men type. And I think that really what I, I struggle with, I see so many, and not to take it away from the Bears, but I see so many like parallels with where the Chicago Bulls were at. Like I feel like we're gearing ourselves up for the Bill or the, the Boylan head coach right here yeah you know i honestly feel like we're just getting the guy who's he's, he's gonna work the players you know like you know he's about his football football guy he's God. they're gonna practice hard and they're gonna bring or that redo on john on. fox <laughs> exactly you know, seriously. and i think we're gonna see something similar i mean it's just like i think the changes that the bulls made where it was basically changes all the way across you remove the present you remove the gm and we're starting completely fresh because there are bad habits. There are bad habits in this organization that are still not going to change because the root problems of it are still very much there. Even if you're taking away from ownership, I mean, George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, your two ultimate problem people here are ultimately going to be people signing off. And yeah, there's going to be outside voices and there's going to be some people telling them yes and some people telling them no on different people. But these people are ultimately going to be the ones that are making that decision. And that's the scariest thing in the world for this organization right now. Well, yeah. And I was talking to one of my other friends uh, earlier this year. And we were kind of talking about the similar parallels to this Bears team and the Bulls team. And I was like, listen, this the the Bears team have their own guard packs, but Ryan Pace wasn't a part of that guard packs. Even though he was here for seven years, the guard packs of the Chicago Bears is George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. And until yep. that, until that breaks up, it's just a total shot in the dark. Um, honestly, the Bill Pullian thing. You know, Hall of Fame executive, uh, was a president for a long time. I think the Bears might be even gearing up to having him get in like a football ops role or some sort of like long-term consultant role with him because I find it very interesting. seems like the only reason George McCaskey went to him was because of a book he wrote, which is like, oh, God. Like, I was like, oh, could you say it? Like, he brought up the book like three times in his press conference. I'm like, bro, we, we don't. We, we, I, I think Michael Bennett wrote a book too. Do you want to go talk to him about it? Or like, what do you want? Um, but... You know, I I have to say what I do have a little more faith in is it feels like 
Uh, Ted Phillips is going to be less in the equation, which is good. Even though he is still a part of this GM hiring, it, it's still good. Uh, and I, I think that Bill Polian and I, I you know, I, I joked about the name Soup Campbell earlier. He's obviously probably one of the best people that they have helping decide <laughs> this. This which uh, is GM. also concerning. Uh, you know, no offense yeah, yeah. to Soup, but yeah, someone that I didn't even know was on the Bears uh, until today, pretty much. Uh, but. Nonetheless, I, I do find it beneficial that they're actually seeking out professional opinions on it. Um, and that might be where the shift is, where maybe even though George McCaskey is going to make the final call, uh, it seems like there's going to be a lot of other guys playing into it. Um, not that Bill Pullian will really have, you know, let, let's let's just hope. <laughs> that he that he's able to you know still be in touch with the game and so far if I'm being honest uh, we'll get into it later uh, but and I, I do want to talk about the presser now but one thing I want to say is I, I don't mind the GM candidates that they've so far uh, put in requests for so I think that's a, a good sign that it's not just going to be like some old school you know like what was the John Dorsey like you know like bringing back in John Dorsey uh, to the NFL again which I don't think anyone really needs anymore um but just more on the presser man like the thing that really stuck out to me is when george mccaskey called alan crutes a liar pretty much uh, oh, and yeah. told him to told him to repeat it in his hall of fame speech and it just it just shows you how tone deaf ownership is like ownership are they're good people they want the bears to win like you don't ever question their desire to have a winning football team um virginia mccaskey even more so just cares so much about the team um it's just there is a level of incompetence and lack of self-awareness about this franchise right now that makes it really scary and really i'm gonna be honest we're not in good hands making this decision we really aren't. And that was my entire argument back for Ryan Pace is I felt much better hands Ryan Pace selecting a head coach because I knew that even if the head coach doesn't work out, the line of thinking is going to be correct. That's kind of what happened with Matt Nagy. The line of thinking was correct. He didn't work out. Oh, so well, you know, I, at least the process is going to be there. Whereas with the, with the McCaskies, as soon as I saw them put in that Leslie Frazier interview request, I was like, this makes total sense. <laughs> you know, like the, like, it's just, it makes total sense. Yeah, and I think that it's just sad. They're not in good ambassadors for their team right now. You know, I think just what, they, what they're what they going out to do, that whole thing about Olin Krutz was totally unnecessary. You know, and Olin Krutz said it himself. Just say that there was a misunderstanding. Say that, yeah. you know, Olin Krutz, you know, he had this belief and, you know, I wasn't directly involved with this and there must be some kind of miscommunication, misunderstanding that's going on through it. No, instead he comes out, basically calls him a liar and says he has got to go back on it. And then Olin Krutz makes him look like a dumbass and yeah. pulls out all the stops and pulls out the proof that he needs. And, you know, it, someone like Boomer Esiason, who was, was speaking on the score earlier today, is being a better ambassador for the Bears than even ownership is. I mean, he's talking about how they're a legacy team. And even though, you know, teams like them and the Giants have struggled recently, there's still a pull to get some of these coaches in. Um, mm -hmm. but, and they just need to, not that they need to go back and be like, Oh, you know, 85 bears, you know, that's also another yeah. very dangerous. That's point. what I'm afraid of. <laughs> right. I mean, it, that's another very dangerous point for this team, but they need to find some kind of good stroke of embracing their legacy, embracing being a historic franchise, but also wanting to turn a new page and, and rewrite some success that's happened in this century, you know, put, mm -hmm. put the bears back on the page in this century. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and they just got to do a better job at that. Like you said, their self-awareness is pretty bad in this situation. I think that, you know, they're a very traditional franchise and sometimes to a fault, um, or maybe oftentimes to a fault, but, um, we'll have to figure it out. I think it's going to be interesting how some of these coaching candidates interview. We only have a couple at this point. So, uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention is going back to Ryan Pace, uh, getting out. So I actually think this job is, uh, uh, one of the, one of the most, if not the most attractive job. And the reason why is because, okay, sure, you don't have a lot of draft capital, but the team's pretty good. I mean, this is the first losing season in three years. Um, there's a lot of young talent here. I mean, you have a good quarterback, or uh, what a lot of people view as a good quarterback. I don't know if you guys have your own personal views on Justin Fields, but I, I think he's a really good quarterback. And I know that the sentiment around the league is that he's a good quarterback and going to be a, a really good one. Uh, and and the bigger, even the 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 more important aspect of this is a lot of patience from ownership. And uh, I think that's what a lot of fans forget is when you have ownership that displays consistent patience, even though it can be frustrating to fans, it's actually makes the job so much more attractive because like you think back to those Browns teams where they were just cycling in coaches like almost every year, like every year or two. And because they were doing that, people never really thought they were going to be given a fair chance to actually make an impact on the team. Because, you know, if you're inheriting a bad team, it could take a couple years. Um, and so you get like a movie made about you too. It's yeah. just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But like, so that's why the Bears are in a really good position. It's just going to be a matter of if the ownership can make a good decision. And going back to the Ryan Pace situation, what I heard from some people that I know in the scouting circles, the reason why Ryan Pace is gone is not necessarily because the McCaskies wanted him gone, but they feared that him being there would negatively impact the head coach search in the way that head coaches would be scared away by having a GM that has, you know, through seven years only had one winning season. Yeah. And, and you know, to be, I guess, on your third coach is a good bit of leeway. I, I think that the decision to let go of Ryan Pace was probably ultimately a difficult one um, and one that probably took a lot longer than retaining um, Matt Nagy um, just because of just kind of the the extensive list of pros and cons for what Ryan Pace brought you were was mm-hmm. extensive. You know, he brought you a lot of good things. He brought on a lot of good players onto this team and also made quite a few decisions that, you know, possibly set this team back or, you know, puts you in a position where you are for this draft, you know, whether it be for good or for bad. Um, so I think they probably had to talk pretty extensively about that. I know that, you know, um, George McCaskey said that, Polian was a part of the decision-making process throughout the season, or at least he referred to him as to whether or not they should let Nagy and Pace go. Um, and ultimately that decision was made. Um, so, you know, luckily though, what I will say is that, you know, as far as the draft prospects and the players we got through the draft goes that those players don't leave with him. And, and fortunately some of the good things that he's done over the past few years will carry over. So the onus is just going to be on the next GM to to keep those trends going that way or, or just be a very solid high round drafter and maybe an average <laughs> late round drafter. Yeah. But we'll see. How, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I, I feel like there might be some aspects of Ryan Pace, some characteristics of how he was as a general manager that the Bears will seek out and definitely some that they're going to try to avoid. Um 
so we'll see how kind of how similar of a person we get. Do we get someone that's a little bit younger? I know that you talked about some of these pool of GM candidates that, you know, maybe are a little bit on the younger side. Is the GM going to get chosen before the head coach? I mean, there's a lot of questions to be answered here. Um, Ultimately, if you're looking at someone like Jim Harbaugh, which, you know, I'm not sure what the likelihood is. And honestly, at this point, the suitors for him are the Raiders and the, and the bears. And, you know, the Raiders might not even move on from their head coach, depending on how deep they make it into the playoffs. So we'll have to see. Um, and from my understanding as well, the Raiders have a lot of skepticism with them because of Mike Mayock. I mean, they have just been a terrible drafting team, like awful. The team cannot draft to save their life. And they, that, that's been really their history for the past like five, six years, just not being able to draft good players. And when they do get good players, they tend to let them go or they have off the field issues. Um, so I, you know, as far as I, we can talk a little bit before we get into the actual requests and also GM requests. Do you think, what direction do you think this Bears team is going to go with a head coach? Like, I think, I mean, they obviously made it clear that first and foremost, they want a leader of men. But do you think they're going to compromise that over someone that has a really solid scheme? I don't know if they'll compromise it, but I think they're going to prioritize Well, okay, that's not really an answer to the question. I think they're certainly going to prioritize it. I, I think that at that point, it kind of have to almost be a coincidence that that certain leader has a good good scheme. You mm. know, I, I think that, and I don't necessarily agree with, I don't think that the Bears need to absolutely hunt down Brian Flores, but kind of based on the mold that they've given you'd have to think that he's going to be one of the top candidates heading into this um kind of surprised that they haven't put in an interview request for him already as it stands yeah. um yeah but we'll see i know that yeah well i guess we're kind of bleeding into this topic now you mentioned doug yeah Peterson. let's talk about it yeah, yeah. Here, let me read let me read it off real quick yeah. the head coaching candidates so far we mentioned leslie frazier and doug peterson and that's all <laughs> yeah so not a long list. I, I think that out of that list, Doug Peterson. I think that there's going to be other teams knocking Absolutely. on Doug Peterson's door. Um, not surprised. I, I think that, you know, Bill Polian, correct me if I'm wrong, but someone had extensive history with the Colts, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, Bill Polian, long history of the Colts organization. Not that he has any influence on Reich being there right now, but kind of look at what the Indianapolis Colts are doing and one of the initial requests being um, for GM, being Morocco mm-hmm. Brown. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of indicative of what this Bears team is trying to accomplish. I think that right now the model organization, or at least the script that they'd like to follow, is that of the Indianapolis Colts, which yeah. don't look at the Jacksonville game. They're looking at everything yeah. um, that they've tried to do. I don't even know with. if that's the best script to follow uh, either. And I don't know if it is either, but I think that's really what they're looking towards as far as this is how they want the relationship between coach and player and upper management and players to be like and upper management mm-hmm. coaches as well. And I think that, you know, Doug Peterson is someone that had a very close relationship with Mark Reich. I think that um, it would not surprise me if he is ends up even being the head coach of this team. I think he is certainly one Frank, of the leading. Frank Reich? Are you, are you talking about Frank Reich? What did I, what did I call him? Mark? Mark. Mark yeah. Reich. Okay, well, sorry. I was just confused, whatever. confirming. Whatever. you. I, I think you called John, uh, who was the, the, um, the GM that Andy Reid brought with him? I have no clue. Oh, John Dorsey? Yeah, isn't it Jim Dorsey? I thought. 
I have no, I don't know. I, whatever. I have no clue. Who cares about first John names? John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> who cares about names, especially in a coaching search? But um, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. They're all going to be terrible anyways. Right, right. But take it away from I, I think that Doug Peterson, at least as it stands right now, is the most likely candidate out of the two that they've picked and followed through with. But maybe Leslie Frazier's in for a surprise. He's a former Bear um, and has experience coaching in the NFC North. Um, very long running assistant probably might end up being one of the assistants of the year. I know that the Buffalo defense finished first overall, so there's probably some award coming his way as well, but I don't know. Let me just tell you this. If we hire Leslie Frazier, I I'm going to need a a week or two off the podcast, man. I just need, need to take a break because that is going to be one of the most awful hirings we could ever make. Leslie Frazier, when he was with the Vikings, his defenses were trash. They're awful. Like, they're completely garbage. When he, Before he even uh, became a head coach and he was working in Cincinnati, he barely even, uh, like, elevated that program. Obviously, he's doing pretty good now with the Bills. And, uh, you know, second chances, I they can sometimes work out as head coaches, but... He's kind of like the Matt Nagy of defenses, man. Like a, a highly regarded, like a highly regarded defensive guy comes into Minnesota trying to make a tough defense, and you know, talk. And uh, he obviously is a good leader, good person too, great person, but like just never ever performing. And I don't necessarily. There needs to be a level of performance that backs up the leadership. Uh, when when you have that candidate, Doug Peterson is a good leader. I wouldn't say he's like a top end like lead. I don't think he was ever viewed as like a leadership guy, but he is a really good offensive coach, and he has a good offensive scheme. He won a Super Bowl against Tom Brady. I mean, that's one of the highest honors you can have. And I think that out of the two candidates right now, obviously Doug Peterson looks a lot better. But some other guys that I think are going to get uh, looked at. I mean, obviously uh, Harbaugh, which kind of threads the needle of exactly what the bears want. In my opinion, they want that rough and tough style. They want someone who's going to be adaptable. Harbaugh is very adaptable. I mean, you look at this last defense at Michigan uh, or last offense, it was like 75% run back when he was with the uh, back with Stanford, he was pat his offense was all passing. And I think it, it kind of gets back to, and then when he was with the 49ers, it was kind of a mix, but uh, definitely emphasized the run game a lot too. And I think that's kind of like, what the bears are looking for is like a guy that's really going to elevate, elevate guys. And it was almost like when they were read, when uh, McCaskey was reading out his qualities of a coach, he's like, I don't need him to necessarily be, uh, you know, popular with the media or the players or whatever. Uh, but he needs to get results and he needs to elevate men. Um, and that's Harbaugh. It's a honestly. And losses business. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And Harbaugh, if you want to look at like, I mean, there, there, really, there's not a better candidate as far as like just a winning head coach, you know. I think with Harbaugh, he is gonna want he's want to pull the Andy. He's gonna want to pick his Jim or John Dorsey, whichever one it is. He's gonna want to bring in his GM guy. So it's whether or not that fits with the vision that you know Bill Polian and these rest of these consultants have, because ultimately that's the biggest question mark right now. I, I could probably help narrow down which direction they're going to go if I knew if they're going to hire a GM or a coach first but right now we don't have that clarity and I don't think we're going to have that clarity until they break it to the news or until we get a source that's that's giving us some kind of indication of what route they're going to go 
Yeah. And I think even guys like Byron Leftwich could qualify for that. He's known to be a pretty good leader. Um, Patrick Graham is known to be a pretty good leader. Gerard Mayo, who interviewed for the Eagles head coach, he's known as like a superb leader, kind of, you know, getting another Patriots assistant. That's a good leader, kind of similar to the Brian Flores experiment. And a lot of players love Brian Flores, so I'm sure he'll be a candidate there. Um, I just really, you know, and I think another guy, two other guys, actually, uh, uh, Ryan Day and Matt Campbell from Iowa State. I think they'll be in consideration. All these leadership guys. Um, you know, it could work out for us, but one, one, uh, two people that I don't foresee getting the job after having, hearing that whole conversation, uh, is, uh, uh, Kellen Moore yep. and also Brian Dable. I don't think we're going to get either of those two, which is fair. And I, I think I'm probably ultimately fine with that. I, I can't necessarily confirm this, but I remember reading, hearing something somewhere that Matt Campbell was in attendance for this last game or, or something like that. I don't know if it hmm. was just for Montgomery. Well, he coached Dave, yeah, David Montgomery, so that could be. Right. You know, who knows what parallels are there. I think Ryan Day, um, you sent me a very interesting article in the past week kind of just about his offense. And, and you know, maybe I've overstepped a little bit in saying that the, his offense, his style absolutely wouldn't work. Um, yeah, and me I, too. And, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people on our YouTube video about Jim Harbaugh did not like the words that we said, <laughs> or a couple <laughs> Buckeyes fans did not like that the the direction well, there was that we people see. on both sides. They're like, "You, Jim Harbaugh is a clown." We got, and then we got, "Are you guys kidding me? Jim Harbaugh is the greatest man in existence." You know, like yeah. it, it would be such a weird. It'd be the most interesting hire to cover for sure, and that's why I a little bit hope for it is like. Could you imagine like Jim Harbaugh is all about those rival rivalries, him going at Aaron Rodgers and just uh, it would just be entertaining to say the least. Yeah. I was even talking about Ryan Day, too, because we talked a little bit about college football. Oh, yeah. You know, people at least took the words that we said saying that Ohio State's kind of a declining program. Very not much so. I mean, there was a kind of a brief moment in time where it seemed like things might slip, you know, with um with Ryan Day, but he's lost one conference game by by no yeah, means. Yeah, and I I want to clarify the comment that I made as well about saying that they kind of declined. I I didn't explain myself well enough, and the true thing that I wanted to say is I think that he he has had a lot more talent at quarterback than Urban Meyer ever had. So I expected higher expectations of him, and I felt like he. You know, I felt like guys like Justin Fields would be able to win them a championship, and it obviously didn't, even though it got close a couple of times. Um, so just kind of that okay. was the reason why I made that comment. There we go. All right, so that that's out. You know, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. I've always been a proponent of Brian Leftwich. Um, I, I know some other people feel like he doesn't quite quite stack up, but there, there's some people out there, and I think that. You know, of course, some other opportunities have opened up along the way with with Flores. I think that in particular, you know, really one of the last things I have to say about kind of the current crop of head coaches, just Brian Flores. I I, it's interesting. His situation is with the Dolphins. He was someone that was pushing for Justin Herbert. Obviously, his inclination was correct there. The GM (laughs) selected Tua Tagovailoa. Um, and eventually it kind of seems like it bites him when they don't really have consistent quarterback play and he ends up getting fired. So it's interesting there, 
but he kind of has a little bit of a track record. He lets a lot of assistants go. Um, yeah, he, that was the point I was going to make. Really kind of a rotating door there. I think he, what, had four offensive coordinators in three seasons or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's not good. Which is not a model that you want to set. And I don't know too much about Gerard Mayo and his ability as a linebacker coach, but I can really only feel like that's being pushed so heavily because of the success of Mike Vrabel. Um, yeah. Which, you know, Mike Vrabel's great. I would take him as the Bears and coach. And Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell as well. Yeah, that's true. And I would I would love to have Mike Vrabel on as the, as the Bears coach, but I, I just Gerard Mayo, remember him as a player, and I just can't speak to his coaching abilities that much. And it seems like quite the leap to, mm-hmm. to move from a an assistant that's not like a head coordinator into a head coaching role. But, you know, Sorry, I'm not a GM. Yeah, no, certainly. And I think if you're going to go with a guy that's valuing his leadership, you might as well go to like a Matt Campbell or or, uh, or Jim Harbaugh or, or, you know, someone that has a more proven track record of leadership, you know, not that I would be overly obsessed with a Matt Campbell or Jim. I would be ha- I honestly at this point, I, I, w- I can say I'd probably be a little excited if we saw Jim Harbaugh just because of how good his records have been. And he's truth. He has a record of literally turning franchises around you know like i guess with doug peterson you can say that like a lot of the philly's success was just due to their roster but i mean the 49ers before jim harbaugh got there were trash and the 49ers immediately after jim harbaugh left were also trash so it's like seeing that and then seeing him elevate michigan i i don't think it would be that bad i i think that i think it'd be super interesting at minimum I think the key would be though is that if he comes in, you got to give him at least three years to get the this everything to yeah. settle, you know. And, and the results might not be great, you know. The first year, I think second year, probably see some things turn around. I think there's certainly head coaches out there that are going to get a quicker turnaround than Jim Harbaugh, but in the long run, you know, Harbaugh might give you your best shot at, at glory. <laughs> See, I think it's almost like, I feel like Harbaugh might actually have the quickest turnaround, but at the same time, then you just don't know if he'll be ever able to maximize the offense. Like that's why my biggest concern of Harbaugh comes is like, okay, he needs to build a really good offensive staff to help develop Justin Fields because he is an offensive coach, but he also likes to delegate. You know, he, he does a good job of delegating his ta- delegating and, uh, you know, I would be a little bit concerned. At, like, I feel like Doug Peterson, for Justin Fields' sake, would probably be a better coach than Jim Harbaugh. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, like a, a West Coast offense guy, more modern offense. Um, like Matt Nagy. Yeah, exactly. I mean that. So yeah. let me tell you this, guys. We got <laughs> this. So this coach was just fired. His name is Matt Nagy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw something funny with the floor with the Flores firing, and it was like uh, it was talking about Flores get, how he's going to be a top candidate for many of the jobs, and some guy from PFF was like, maybe the Dolphins will be interested. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the GM candidates, man. So l- let me just read off some of the names: Morocco Brown. Um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of his background. Uh, been with the Colts for a very long time. Super heavily backed by Chris Ballard. And I think that's a big reason for um, the uh, the the time that the Bears are going to invest in interviewing him is because he's heavily uh, backed by Chris Ballard, who notably was going to be the person uh, 
to be hired before Ryan Pace, but the Bears ownership didn't like that they wanted to cut. He wanted to cut Jay Cutler, so they went with Ryan Pace instead. Um, yeah, <laughs> even though honestly, bro, Chris Ballard has to be one of the most overrated GMs in football, in my opinion. It's like. You want to talk about win loss, win loss records, and uh, he's right there with Ryan they Pace. The playoffs, I'll just say <laughs> yeah. that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And uh, but they they did do a, a really good job drafting, which I think is why they want to go with Morocco Brown, who I believe is their director of college scouting. Also had a previous seven year stint with the Bears in pro personnel. Um, so I think that connection there as well, really well liked dude and super heavily backed by Chris Ballard. Maybe also the Bill Polian uh, connection there is what's feeling that. If he gets hired, I would also say that uh, their defensive coordinator, I can't remember his name, right? Matt Eberflus um, would be uh, can't, Matt Eberflus, right? I, uh, I think so. We'll just go with yeah. Eberflus. All right, all right, yeah, Eberflus will, will be a candidate for our head coaching position. Maybe he goes um, – or maybe he will go to uh, Doug Peterson if he has any say in it. And then two other guys that just got announced right before we started recording, uh, Browns VP of football – operations Kwesi Adolfo Mensa and uh, he is a Princeton grad he's the VP of football operations for the Browns um, and he's super young he's 32 so I think he'd be by far the youngest GM ever hired um, but he's super well regarded in the Browns organization and then the Browns VP of player personnel um, rather than football operations Glenn Cook who, uh, funny enough, actually played for the Cubs briefly. <laughs> and uh, so he went from Colts to a scout for Green Bay to Cleveland. He's in his mid-30s as well. Uh, the big difference is that I would say Glenn Cook is a lot more soft-spoken uh, than Quessy uh, is. Um, so, yeah, and like Quessy being a Princeton grad, I think is like a huge pull in his direction. <laughs> yeah, I guess the Bears are really a, a team that would value that i guess too but i yeah. i think that you know morocco brown coming for where he is as far as college scouting kind of a makeup that's similar to to ryan pace um mm-hmm. and definitely a very much draft focused um type of move like you said it works very closely with the current calls gm um, he has been on hard knocks <laughs> so that's yeah. a huge plus you know he knows how to handle <laughs> you know the mic up in his face if only um, he wrote a book, maybe then he'd get hired. <laughs> well, he would, if he wrote a book, then we're not even discussing George Rakas, yeah, it would be done. <laughs> he would have been hired today. But yeah. um, and I, I think he might be the assistant GM for the Colts as well. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I think he is the assistant GM as well as the director of college scouting. Um, so kind of holds multiple hats. And then I think with the two VPs from the Browns, it's – an organization you've seen turn around somewhat. Yeah. Um, they've certainly been better than they were, um, you know, maybe five, six years ago um, during the dark days of, uh, man, what's that? What's the name of that guy that was, uh, he had Jim the Dorsey. One, oh, the, the analytics dude, right? I'm talking about the head coach that was, uh, oh, oh, Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson, man. Yeah. He's on the Raiders too, right? At some point. Uh, yeah, and sin- hey, he was the OC for Cincinnati, I think. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, they have came a long way from those seasons, a guy getting one win, zero wins. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, good drafting, you know, for the most part. Lately. I mean, I mean 
people like Miles Garrett are kind of like a, a, a shoe in, you know, that to, was before them though. That was before. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause that's what, what I, I'm well, Miles Garrett was actually the GM before uh, Jim Dorsey took him, And then Jim Dorsey was there who took Baker. And then I think they, this new staff's only been here for like a year or two, but they've so gotten like some good Chubb names and, too. Yeah. yeah and, or uh, the Notre Dame linebacker, Jeremiah Owosu Cormoa, yeah. I think is his name. Um, and then Greg, uh, the Northwestern uh, cornerback, Greg, something I can't, I'm, I know people better by their school and their position than their actual name. <laughs> but I, I know what you mean. I, I think that, you know, they've built a good thing there. I would really have to do, you know, some more due diligence, um, you know, especially on the side of Glenn, which I don't really know too much more about, you know, what he's done. Um, so I, I think that, as far as where it comes there, I expect to hear more names come out in that GM search. I mean, I would expect the Bears to interview at least five people for that role. Um, it, I don't. Do you have an inclination of where they kind of want to go with this? Because my initial, when they initially, you know, said Morocco Brown, I kind of go, okay, they want someone that has a similar mold. But now that they've named off some more people, I'm not really 100% sure well, where they're trying to. Like what type of person they're really trying to get at the GM? Because I think they want a younger, innovative guy. Truthfully, okay. I think they want to go young again. Like a lot of people are pointing to Rick Spielman. Maybe he'll interview, but I don't know if the Bears are ne- necessarily super inclined to get him. I th- I think they do want to go young. All these guys are young. I mean, specifically the two Browns VPs. I mean, they they are extremely young, mid thirties and thirty two, which is crazy. I mean, are they gonna give Riddick a shot? Uh, that'd be uh, that'd be a really interesting question i mean why not i mean here's the thing though with riddick is like i feel like he'd be much more suited in a in a president role or a, a yeah. foot or you know or a football operations it's a shame we didn't clear that space while we had the chance <laughs> yeah right yeah that, that's uh now occupied by uh uh mccaskey george mccaskey <laughs> and good old ted phillips you know just yeah living here's living the dream. here's my question as well though maybe they are are like uh trying to go there's they in 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 the presser they seem pretty insistent that the gm would be like the head of the football operations but maybe they're trying to get a young guy because they know that someone like a jim harbaugh would be able to you know kind of they would just kind of be assisting him you know like I, I, like I he'd think- be the more mature football mind I think that, but I think that like Harbaugh would also just kind of be like, all right, this is the guy that you guys are going to hire. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I honestly think that's a little bit of what it would sound like. Just kind of knowing Jim Hart. Well, not as, not personally, but just knowing how he acts. Um, But yeah, we'll see. I I just, I mentioned that and like the type of person they want, because I know Pace, it was very notable that he was, not really interacting with the players, you know, that much. He wasn't yeah. really someone that was heading down to the locker room to to talk to the players. He was very much up in the booth, you know, making the decisions and on week 17 walking off with Matt Nagy <laughs> or week yeah. 18 walking off from the sideline with Matt Nagy, both with their suitcases packed. But And heads down, unfortunately, yeah. for them. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was a little worried that we were just going to be like, okay, it's the old school bears. They're going to go after these, you know, bum GM candidates. But I think that they saw what they did with Ryan Pace 
worked to an extent. Like Ryan Pace was a very good drafter coming from that scouting background. I think the biggest thing you can argue is that he did a really bad job as far as the football operation side, which is maybe why they're looking at uh, Questy. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> like I, maybe that's uh, yeah, not <laughs> terrible name day. Uh, but maybe uh, maybe that's why they're looking at someone that has more of an operations side of it. Um, and I know that apparently the Browns GM tries to give uh, even the operations guys a lot of cross training with the personnel guys. Personally, I like someone coming from a scouting background because like right now, if I'm looking at this, even though I think there's a lot to like about Glenn Cook and uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, uh, I think that Morocco Brown is just like far more experienced and like coming from that Colts team that has drafted very well. Um, like he's probably the lead candidate right now, even before interviewing. Yeah, and I think with Kwesi, uh, you know, I, I think that you know, with the operations side, it, it very much it would be it would be of a big use for this team though to get someone like you said, kind of more in that mention mm-hmm. because I think that as far as you know, the Bears aren't even really like a cap disaster, you know, this coming year. No. But they they've had things tough. It's been tighter um, and got themselves in a little bit of a situation as far as what they're doing with some of these veteran contracts. Maybe even for someone like Questy, it's just talking about, hey, you can spend a little bit of money on offense too. It doesn't all have to go on the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ball um, like Ryan Pace like to do. But mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think there's definitely some aspects of what Ryan Pace, what he did that they, they liked. And I think certainly on the draft side. Otherwise, they wouldn't give someone like Morocco Brown a chance. Yeah. Um, if they didn't want someone that was draft centered and, and thinking about maximizing draft capital, um, I guess the question you asked from Morocco Brown in the interview is, you know, how do you balance things on the operation side a little bit better than Ryan Pace? Did? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, yeah, man, I think over the next couple of days we're gonna see a lot of information coming out as far as. Uh, more head coach interviews. This and is then it. Event- these are all the people yeah. they're interviewing. Yeah, these these are they're done. They're just they want to get this over with, man. Uh, Leslie Frazier and Morocco Brown, the two first candidates, are set in stone. Uh, no, but in all honesty, we could see some quick movement here because you know Matt Nagy was like the second or third person the Bears interviewed, and they wanted to lock him up immediately. Um, I'll, I'll, some of this is going to have to do with how far like Byron Leftwich goes in the playoffs, if he's a candidate, because um, it takes a little bit longer. You can have like a handshake deal, but you can't have like a formal deal until they're out of the playoffs. Um, so there's that as well. I'm just praying they don't hire Vic Fangio because <laughs> that would be uh, god-awful. Um, but more so, I guess the question that we should stand right here is, given the interviews that are available to us, who? what's your GM head coach pairing right here? I think we're both going to agree on Doug Peterson. but uh, as for, And we're talking about just current requests that are out, right? Yeah, yeah. Not, not any hypotheticals. Let's do let's do this. We'll do based on the current requests and then your best hypothetical. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go Doug Peterson and I guess Morocco Brown, um, just based on knowledge that I have about Morocco Brown. But I would say that um, getting someone on the operations side is is appealing. I'd have to look at more of the body of work that he has done mm-hmm. um, to to figure that quite out. And I guess ideally. You see, I'm just in the in the GM space. I'm just not as much of an expert. Um, you know, I, I know the fan choice would be Riddick. 
or at least I've heard that name thrown around quite a bit. So I don't know. I'm a little bit lost at the GM standpoint, but I think as a coach right now, as it stands, people available. Uh, well, okay. Dream. We're not even talking about people available yet. Then I would say Sean Payton probably at that head coaching spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with that. I mean, Sean Payton, but you know, give me, give me a more realistic name, you know, not like a dream guy, like, like just avail. You know, they're going to be available. I know they're going to be available. Mm, I, okay, if I'm picking someone that I know they're going to be available, I still think that Doug Peterson Ooh. Would, would certainly still kind of be up. I mean, honest, this is just not a great coaching crop. You know, no, as much it's as, not. And I've always rolled with Byron Leftwich, so give me one of those two and, and I'll be sufficed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, as far as what's available to us, Morocco, Brown, Doug Peterson definitely looks to be uh, – the best candidates here again it's so much of the gm and executive search depends on the interviews because like <laughs> even the head coaching search too because you're like you need to know what these guys their plan is so it's kind of like we have such a limited view as to what they want to do with the team um but yeah morocco brown the biggest concern i would have with him is i don't like the colts method of being like i i never feel like they're willing to like buy in to their team and like the, I feel like they're so insistent upon building on the draft that they just n- never really did a good job. And maybe that's changed a little bit lately by like trading for Carson Wentz. And you know, I and think they've, what it, but they've know. also never solved the quarterback issue after luck too. So that, yeah. it's also a red flag for a team that's actively trying to fix the quarterback issue is they don't even really have their own solved. So yeah, very true. And I. I you know, I would just want to know his thoughts on head coach as well, because like I'm, I'm not too intrigued by Iberflus as a head coach. I mean, maybe he's good, but um, I kind of do desire more of an offensive guy. Uh, but as far as like my ideal pairing, oh man, this is a hard one because you're right. It is. I'm trying to like view it through the lens. I would be very happy with Leftwich, so he's right there. Um, and you know, I. I would be happy. This is such a non-answer, but uh, Harbaugh, Day, you know, Leftwich, and uh, I mean, and, and Peterson would probably be like my top <laughs> options. <laughs> um, but like, if I had to make a decision right now, you know, I'm just gonna say Harbaugh. Screw it, just okay, because fair. I would, I would, I would. It would be probably the most interesting bears team in my lifetime yeah. like can you imagine justin fields harbaugh aaron Rodgers in the division harbaugh screaming at aaron Rodgers during the game uh, harbaugh five and oh against the packers uh you know the man knows how to win so yeah and then i you know for my ideal jam candidate i'm just gonna say morocco brown because i i think that out of everyone that i've seen so far he is probably one of the best pedigrees yeah it's just tough to like really know on that like gm space you know yeah especially to know like what the assistants what weight that they're pulling because you know it's easy to go you know if you like the cult method you're like okay cool or you're a big believer in the patriot way you're like oh i need to get you know Mm -hmm. someone in that upper office it just doesn't work that way you know i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's why it's tough to figure find some of these guys and some of them might not even actively be on an NFL team. You know, it could be some outside analyst, something like that. Not very likely, but, you know, we're talking someone like Lewis Riddick, who's on Monday Night mm-hmm. Football, <laughs> you know, yeah. like. 
I after seeing the Mayock experiment, the Mike Mayock experiment, I don't know if I need to see Lewis Riddick. Lewis uh, Riddick and, and pair it with another. Yeah. Who who else could we get that's currently a comment? Do we get Drew Brees out here yeah, as the coach of the team? Or people want Peyton Manning weird. as like a GM. I'm like, how do we know Peyton Manning's good at scouting? Which on yeah, well, we don't really know, but on it, I'd at the very least be if the Bears came out and named Peyton Manning as their GM, I'd be at the very least intrigued. You know, yeah, I, I would I true. would honestly I, I I'd probably be pretty happy with it. But These teams are beyond winning games. It's just a matter of what's the most interesting now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we're talking. To, it's the Bears. We all, you know, a typical Bears fan. We all know this is ending in the same way. So, just how entertaining can we make? How how good can we make the ride? You know, seriously. And you know, speaking of head coaching candidates, did you see that the Jaguars uh, took a look at Bill O'Brien? They requested an interview. Uh, Man, if the Bears hire Bill O'Brien, he's right there with Leslie don't, Frazier for don't me. Don't be surprised I, if he at least gets an interview. I'm 100% oh saying that. Yeah, and, and oh maybe God. just not because it's the Bears, but this is someone he is going to be interviewing on a couple different teams this year. I, I just have no words for that. <laughs> Honestly, that would be terrible. That's the worst decision ever. He ripped apart that Texans team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw someone arguing that was a team I, in the playoffs a couple years ago. Didn't they even win a playoff game? Well, well, they were in the playoffs a couple years ago with with him as head coach, though. Yeah, I know. That's my point. Is like, and then look at the downfall. It's like once you see a downfall like that. Well, yeah, but also too, I mean, like you can also argue he brought the Texans to the playoffs, which you know before Deshaun mm. Watson, before all of that, the Texans were not necessarily a perennial playoff team. So, no, not by any means. I don't know. It depends what lens you want to look at it in. But most people would say that he did thoroughly dismantled that team um, <laughs> four by four. But, you know. DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know. Oh, God. Whatever that Deshaun Watson man is doing these days. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's one of the more underrated storylines. But anyways, let's not bore the bore the rest of the people. Uh, if you're still listening now, please leave us a rating and review. Uh, we're really interested to hear what you guys think we should do at GM Head Coach. If you're listening to this on YouTube, leave us a comment. Better yet, if you listen to us on the podcast, you know you're the alphas of the group. You know, you're not a part of that little beta YouTube crew. Like the podcast <laughs> listeners listening right now, you are the true alphas, the the sigmas, okay? Uh, <laughs> you, you should leave us a rating and review. Uh, seriously helps us out tremendously. Um, you know, it would it just leave us, let us know who you think should be GM head coach and yeah. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, y'all's guess is as good as George McCaskey's. So probably better. You're basically equally as qualified to make this decision as the people that are going to be making it. So let that sit in. Arguably overly qualified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I Breaking news. All right. Chicago Bears have requested permission to interview Bill O'Brien. No, I'm just kidding. Brian Dable. Well, Brian did just as we counted him out, he's yeah, making seriously. a storm in, you know? Here making he the comeback. They saw Bama playing and they're like, hold on, who's an OC that was an OC at Bama for a little bit? <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Imagine the Bears are like, we're getting Mike Leach. We're we're, we're oh not running God. the ball ever again. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be hilarious. So they they go, you know what? We're gonna look for a real hard nosed football coach. We're hiring Kirk Ferentz from oh, the University of Iowa. They poach. Most, they poach Navy's head coach. Like we're we're on the triple option. Yeah. They're not ready for this one, guys. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my god. All right, man. Well, I think uh, that was a longer podcast than we expected. But thank you guys so much. I'm actually excited to see how Brian Dable does interview. I don't know if he's really dabble fit. to the da- bears. Da- da- yeah, da- <laughs> dabble the da bears. The da- bears dabble. You know. All right, guys. Catch you later. Bear down. Bear down.